Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at W www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the FIGHT podcast, Sergio Vicente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? Good morning or whatever time of the day it is when you actually listen to this. And welcome to episode 102 of the Fight Podcast. I'm your host as always, Serge Vicente. And yo, today is a fun day, man. Uh, we got a great show for you guys. Um, I am joined once again by B-Cam. And uh, we get into it, man. We, we have a best way I could put it, man. We end up having at the end of the episode a spirited debate um on some some uh a <laughs> little bit of issues that he and i have had over a uh, philosophy of uh of fighting and and just 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 um not more so than the philosophy itself um we, we we got into it about you know just fighters and stuff like that so you guys will see man i think you guys are going to enjoy the conversation um but really quick before we get into it and i break down what's in this episode man remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring uh sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 percent off your first three months man and do not forget to go ahead and check us out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com um go up there man we have merch our merch is finally released um you go on the website purchase merch today we have um fight podcast champion brand hoodies we got some really really fire uh the fight podcast t-shirts and uh, a lot more man so go out there check those out uh, we're working on some dad hats and so much more remember the fight podcast is on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and make sure you listen subscribe rate and share with everybody you know uh the fight podcast is currently everywhere podcasts are uh are, are downloaded and streamed and listened to man so go ahead check us out share cop some gear and uh yo man continue following the movement man where we're growing and um and we're going to continue bringing some of uh some fire content uh to you guys and really again bringing quality breakdowns man bringing a different perspective that you guys just are not used to seeing man so uh check it out man go ahead and uh share and with that being said man let's go ahead and jump into the show all right. Uh, like I said once before, man, this episode, um, I was joined by my boy, uh, B-Cam, man. Um, we, we, we break down, you know, some of the big fights of the weekend. And, yo, this weekend is nasty. We have the pound-for-pound pound best boxer in the game competing this weekend, Vasily Lomachenko. 
we have possibly one of the greatest, if not the greatest female boxer of all time fighting this weekend in Clarissa Shields. We have in MMA, we have an incredible UFC event. We got the future of MMA, possible huge megastar in the making in Israel's Adesanya. We have an, a, a matchup, a fight fan's dream matchup in a main event with Max Holloway and Dustin Poirier. Yo, man, this weekend is fire, and we go ahead and touch on all these things and so much more. Um, we also have an opportunity to go ahead and, um, you know, um, the late, great Nipsey Hussle was laid to rest. We talk a little bit about that um, and a lot more, man. Fun episode, um, but without further ado... Enjoy my episode 102 with Brandon Camille. Man, week is going well, fam. Uh, you know how it is. Chicago don't know whether it wants. We had uh, one day was 70. Yesterday it hailed and it was 20. Today is somewhere in between. So you know how we get down. Hey, man. All, all will be cured this weekend. Man. How about that? Dude, how about that? One hundred percent, yo. I have to say, man, it's been quiet for the last couple of weeks. I feel like even on the MMA side, it's been quiet, man. But uh, but boxing is especially has been quiet, and we are back finally. We got and a decent weekend, man. What I find funny is that with all these fights going on this weekend, it really is a Game of Thrones. <laughs> like that's what it is, especially on the women's side. Yeah. And Game of Thrones season premiere this Sunday. That's amazing. Yo, I can't lie, man. I didn't start watching Game of Thrones till right before season six, right? I was was about to say, I thought you were about to say I don't watch it all. I was like, oh, bro, come on now, man. I'm not a lame. Uh, (laughs) Yo, isn't it funny? We talk about fantasy, a fantasy television show and. It's a something that I mean, we, as kids, we used to make fun of the dudes playing Dungeons and Dragons, and now all of us are watching Dungeons and Dragons. We are watching Dungeons and fucking Dragons. Like it's not even Duh. like a little bit. It's, it's the full thing, and we are all on. into it, man. I, it makes me want to go back and like, like yo, you almost want to like not make fun of those. Like yo, I'm sorry, we were we were tripping. The, you know, they, we, they we, knew if something. I knew, if I knew dragons were so dope, I would have been into it. <laughs> Those kids knew something. We just they they were just on a higher playing field at that point in life. We just Man. weren't there yet. Uh, all of that being considered, well, no, they're real- probably the kids who don't watch Game of Thrones, who you still know- play Dungeons and Dragons, and therein lies the problem. Dog, you know what? I can't lie. I I, I don't know anybody who doesn't watch Game of Thrones. Like it, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, I didn't start watching it till. You know, right before season six. So I watched like me and my girl uh, binge the first five seasons. And yo, I have been hooked ever since. It's crazy. I know a couple people that don't watch Game of Thrones, but Lames. every time I hear someone tell me that they don't watch Game of Thrones, I'm just, I'm just so taken back. Yeah, I get super judgy, super quick. I'm like, who raised you? Where are your friends? <laughs> Where's your support system? Just got you out here not watching Game of Thrones. Bro, it, it's... um. It's an incredible show. All right, look, since we're talking about Game of Thrones really quick, that's how we're going to finish up this Game of Thrones. Who's going to be sitting on the throne at the end? What's up? Who you got? (laughs) 
I believe it'll be one of the Starks, probably Arya. I just feel like that's the turn. That's the type of turn that that show would give us. It so, wouldn't be Sansa. It would end up being Arya. I mean, you know, I'm I'm sticking with Jon Snow, man. Mm-mm. I, and, and, and the only reason I'm sticking with Jon Snow is because I I, I hit I had my my nerd moments. I went down the YouTube rabbit hole. I started watching like the history and all the other stuff. And if they want to finish it, and actually, because remember, they got a prequel. They got another show, like a spinoff coming out. They want oh, people to watch this spinoff. They had so, to get that money. So here's the thing: if they go out there and mess it up for everybody and make it somebody like garbage like they they have um uh cersei or something end up winning at the end people are gonna mess with it they have to make it somewhat of a happy ending so i think what's gonna happen i think daenerys is gonna die giving birth to Jon snow's baby but Jon snow's gonna be at the sitting on the throne at the end i could see that and I'm not a. I'm not. A, I don't know if I'm equipped to debate here. However, Game of Thrones is written in such a dark manner that I think they could give us something satisfying or at least intriguing of a storyline in terms of Jon Snow while still putting someone else on the throne. Because it's just written in such a dark manner. I just don't see us that them giving us that satisfaction. Like Jon Snow winning and being on the throne is too predictable it's it's it that makes you feel good inside and that's not the type of ending that we're trained to expect from game of thrones we, but, we but fuck around lose, but every, lose everybody the second the second last episode wouldn't that be the most tripped out thing because we're all expecting something messed up to happen we're all expecting the worst to possibly happen and what if they said nah y'all got it we killed everybody else off He's the last one standing. And again, remember, he was the prince that was promised. Yeah, I I, I think that's a very viable ending. I just think it's it's too fitting. It's too <laughs> fitting for Game of Thrones. Like, I'm it's too with it. easy to predict. It, it is, but you know what? I'm going with the simplicity, man. I got to. I have to. I'm rocking with my man Jon Snow. All five, two of them. When has Game of Thrones ever been simple? It's It's a difficult show to watch. Dog. Like that that's you can easily you, there's Game of Thrones episodes that I've probably seen three times still watching them asking questions. Yo, 100 percent. This the show is nuts, man. It, it's a great show. Um, look, man, they everybody references even old Agent Orange up in the White House. He even had a Game of Thrones meme going on his in, on his page like it's nuts. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's accepted across. Game of Thrones has has no color. No. Game of Thrones sees nothing aside from everybody is a Game of Thrones fan. It's just one thing that unites everybody with no questions asked. You know what I'm actually looking forward to, man? And it's something that we've lost since the since the streaming era has really begun. Right. Because since the streaming era has begun, man, yo, nobody watches TV shows when they actually air. Game of yeah. Thrones, yo, fam, Twitter on Sunday nights are going to be fired. And you know what else is starting this weekend? On top of all of that, 
the NBA playoffs. Man. It's a big weekend in sports. It's a huge weekend, man. But at, you least, know at least in my life. No, don't. Yo, I'm, I'm right with you, man. Um, Yo, real quick before we could get, actually get into what we're here to talk about. Uh, uh, real quick with Game the NBA, Thrones. man. How, how do, isn't it weird to have an NBA playoffs with no LeBron, no D-Wade, no Dirk? No D Wade, no Dirk. I'm a bit over that. Like I, I feel like that's happened before. I'm not right, that weirded right. out by it. No LeBron is something we haven't seen in a very, very long time. However, and, and I'm not a LeBron hater or anything. I would like to see LeBron uh, build that Lakers team to I'm a, a point where they do, fan. where they do make the playoffs. However, one, two, maybe even three years with him not in the playoffs, I think is refreshing. The NBA needs things like this to happen so we could reset, realign the balances of power. And I'm okay with this. Yo, it, I think him not making the playoffs is the scariest thing for the NBA. People are doubting him. People have been talking trash. People are trying to say he's not the best player in the game anymore. They're acting like he wasn't playing at an MVP level before he got hurt. He, he They're acting like he didn't have this garbage-ass Lakers as the number three seed before he got hurt. He's I going mean, to come back more rested than ever. New tools in his game. Hopefully they'll have Mark Jackson, his head coach, go out there and do work. I don't know if he'll be add new tools to his game but at this age i do think the extra rest is extremely valuable both physically and probably emotionally too yeah he's been checked out for a while he hasn't played in a little bit you know he knew he was not going to the playoffs and that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. i I think this is good for the nba because the playoffs let's be real that's where stars are made and I think people like Giannis and I feel like there's a few guys in the East that can really start to make their name this year with no LeBron. So we know the guys in the Celtics, but the Pacers made the playoffs without yeah. Victor Oladipo. They you know, did. We're gonna, we're They're going to get bounced those, in the first round, but yeah. We're going to get to know some of those guys. The yeah. Magic, they have a decent team. They we're going to get to know some of those guys. So this is a good reset for the NBA, but they also get to to plant that seed with new stars being built for that next generation. So overall, yeah, you hate to see a guy like LeBron out of the playoffs, but it is a good thing. Because, I mean, as unpredictable as this season has been, it's never – the ending has never changed. Right. The prophecy has never changed. We all know where all roads lead. Absolutely. And, and where all roads should lead. They're, in my opinion, the best team in NBA history by, I mean, it's not even close. Who? The Warriors. All right, well, all right, this is the end I mean, of our basketball conversation. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> and, and hey, I'll, I'll, says, I'll admit says I'm the, a Says the I'm Knicks a, fan. I, I'm out of here. I'm a very much. I grew up in the 90s, the- homie. I grew up in the night. I'm over here with the Bulls. Hey, yo, I'm sorry. I don't care what you say. They're a fantastic team. They're not better than the Bulls. I, I'm not going to take that. Bro, I mean, the Bulls were, were back when they still had normal NBA teams with Bro. a couple star players and a couple role players. I mean, you had and, and Jordan, MJ we Jordan trust, Pip, Pippen. Rod, Rodman, and then you had a few role guys, Steve Kerr and the you know Cartwright. Them guys were kind of role players. The Warriors are a legitimate All Star team, Bro, like a legitimate All Star team. The Bulls were the original 
big three. You had Mike. Actually, more like you the got, Showtime Lakers, but, you, you know, okay. You're right, you're right, you're right, but still, you got Mike, you had, you know, you got Pippen, we got Dennis Rodman. I mean, they had the length, they have the Three, speed what you talking about, the Warriors still coming. They, nah, they still bro. got players to name after fam, three. Fam, they, it, it's, it, first of all, okay, look, there, it's different eras. I promise we'll I, get agree, to boxing at some point. A, a, agree to disagree. I'm going to say this. It's different eras. The Bulls are the best of their era. The Warriors, by far, are the best of this era. So I'll give them that. But here's the thing. The Warriors have lost in a championship. The Warriors have gotten up there when they had the best record of all time, and they shit the bed. Mike never shit the bed in a title. Yeah, Mike was not playing against I don't LeBron care. James. Oh, but but here's the thing. It, it, to 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 go back at your your argument, you're saying that the reason that like I said they'll beat the Bulls is because the Bulls have this like super, you know, didn't have a super team essentially. And uh, the Lakers and, the uh, the Cavs didn't have a super team. And they oh, had and LeBron oh, in them. They had Le- Le- LeBron, Love and Kyrie and then they had role players. That's still a Yo, pretty good had, team. I'm sorry. And, everybody gives oh, Kyrie uh, too hold, much love. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That, those were the Warriors. We're talking about you're talking about a different team. Sorry. You're talking about a different team. That's not considering KD and Cousins in the starting lineup. That's literally right. a different team. I, I do, you, do you not see the difference of adding Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins? Is that not a oh, huge difference? It, it's a huge difference. I'm not going to say it's not a huge difference. It, it is. It, it's it's like the creative teams that I used to make back in the day on PlayStation. I totally understand. You're still not going to get a Chicago kid to go out here and talk talk bad on the Bulls. I'm not going. You irrational Knicks fan, you just hating because we beat y'all last so consistently throughout the years. And that's what it is. I understand Knicks hatership when I, I see it. I think it. we beat y'all this week. Fam, I'm talking about the 90s. We're talking, we're, we cannot talk about two garbage teams. We can. No, we I, cannot. Both teams are trash. We will not talk about those two current teams. Yeah, it is tough. But um, I, I, I'll take you saying that you'll never get a Chicago kid to say as you conceding the argument like, hey, you're not going to get me me to say you may have some valid points. You have but some valid I'll never points. say it. One hundred percent. And you know what? And that's my story. And I'm sticking with it. That's fair. Because <laughs> as, as a Knicks fan, I would have done the same shit. It's my story. I'm sticking with it. Hell no. I'm rocking a Chicago hat right now. I ain't going. It's a Cubs hat. It's a, not, not a Bulls Chicago. hat. But I mean, you repping the city. You want me to pull the Bulls hat on? Yeah, see, you, that, that, that's not a Knicks I, hat. That's I, a Yankees hat. Whatever. I, that's, I'm, set, I'm, I'm saying I'm cool with it. You repping the city. I'm good. I have my that? Yankee hat on. I, I'm good. There it is, man. Well, look. We can go on this all day, but we're here for fights. We're here for a real sport. We've got plenty of those. Plenty of these, man. So and check it out. This weekend... The two most, in my opinion, anticipated fights of the weekend, one we've talked about, but one involves, in my humble, in both of our humble opinions, the number one pound for pound boxer in the game today, Vasily Lomachenko. That's going to be this weekend. Actually, it's going to be on Friday night, which I actually thought was kind of crazy, but I'm happy about it. I'm not mad at all. I, I would imagine they're not trying to compete against each other. That makes sense. Well, and, and also they're both on exactly. They're both on ESPN. That's what I'm saying. They, they don't want to compete right. like internally like right. that. Well, check it out, man. Loma is going to fight this Friday against um, Anthony Corolla. And Anthony Corolla, I cannot lie. He's a Freddie Roche guy. He is somebody who 
He's a tough, tough guy. Tough fighter. Kind of like not the greatest record for especially for boxing. Thirty-four and six with like it's like thirty-four six and two or something like that. Kind of saucy. Two Linares. Yeah, two losses to Linares, uh, and we Gilmer, all see what happens. So Mingo. with this fight, as tough as this dude is, which he is, he's tough. He's a tough dude. How does Loma get it done? <laughs> What kind of question is that? Uh, how does Loma get it done? Probably by knockout. I don't see it going past eight. Um, I just think the the stigma is out there of no Moschenko. So nobody wants to quit on the bench anymore. That's going to be the big thing. He'll dive in the ring before he quits on the bench because no one wants to be added to that Lomachenko list at this point. Whatever. And no uh, Moschenko. And- yeah, Anthony Crowley will show up. Yes, he'll have a boxer's chance. Um, but Lomachenko, I think he probably wasn't super satisfied with his last performance, uh, being his first fight back off of shoulder surgery. I think he has sort of a chip on his shoulders, and especially with a lot of people ranking Terrence Crawford above him in those pound-for-pound rankings. And with what we've seen of Lomachenko, he... he He has that great competitive drive. I'm talking about back to basketball, that competitive drive that you see in the Kobe's, the Jordans. He wants to beat you every single way possible. And he will do that to Anthony Krola. Anthony Krola does not have anything for Lomachenko aside from one punch that could change everything. I heard an interview with him today, actually, on the Costello and Bunce podcast, and even his team, they're speaking about that moment. And and they won't say it directly, but throughout the interview, I got the feel as if they were alluding to, shit, we got to get lucky he, for Lomachenko to get clipped and see what we can make of that moment. And, I mean, whatever. That, that, that's probably a, a smarter game plan than trying a game plan for Lomachenko. <laughs> It's, it's much easier for damn sure. I, I, look, I, yeah. So, man, I, I was, when I first saw this matchup, I mean, obviously this isn't the matchup that any of us really want. You know what I mean? Um, and this is this, this is the matchup that we got because Richard Comey uh, broke, fractured his hand in his last fight. So he is expected to come back this summer and yeah. then they'll probably make the fight with Lomachenko. But the reason he's fighting, fighting Anthony Krola is this date was almost reserved for Richard Comey. And when he hurt his hand, he couldn't make the fight. And you remember when after his last fight, which is an incredible performance, we knew his hand was hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like that was something that we everyone knew his hand was hurt. So this date was for him was up in the air. So we kind of knew it was like, oh, it might not happen. So I wasn't surprised when Corlo came in there. Um, but listening to Bob Arum, and Bob Arum was talking this weekend. And, oh, and really quick, I, I, I see Loma making him quit or getting him out of there within the first six. I'll be honest with you. And that's a fair pick. I mean, yeah. six, it, eight, I mean. Yeah, it's, I don't see, yes, he has a puncher's chance, but everybody does at that high level. Um, Loma, I think you brought up a great point. He was injured after his last fight. He's still coming off injury. He doesn't didn't have all the kinks out. I guarantee he literally was not throwing the right hook. I don't believe at all. 
No, he wasn't. He wasn't that's at a, all. That's a whole punch. That's a, a part of his arsenal uh, on the regular that he was not throwing. And he was still dominating the fight. Man. Um, so Bob Arum this weekend was talking. And he was on Mario Lopez's show. Um, the three knockdown or some nonsense. I don't know. And I can't lie to you. Mario Lopez is... I'm not going to, he understands boxing. He is a huge boxing advocate. Um, he trains. I give him that. But yo, I I really would like to see more. I feel like his show and his picks and stuff like that and the way he talks about fighters, it just seems a lot of times so uneducated, man. It drives me crazy. And he seems like he comes off as a hater so often. He like... The way I honestly I think, and I'm gonna get off of my Mario Lopez binge in a second, but yo, fam it's your goes world. Out, yo, fam goes out there and hates on so many people. And here's the thing, you've been on here with me enough to know, like, look, I call it like I see it, but I'm gonna give a fighter props, specifically because he's a fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like Mario Lopez goes out there and talks trash about these dudes like he's had his little monkey ass up in there. Like, are you crazy? So I don't know. I just don't appreciate the way he comes at some fighters. And I'm gonna be honest with you, we're going to we're gonna put a button on this topic because I, we we got to talk about some stuff. So we're gonna talk about this later. So I'm gonna put a button on this topic. But at the end of the day, man, Mario Lopez drives me crazy with his picks. But on his show, he did have a fantastic conversation um, with Bob Arum, and Bob Arum obviously Bob the Arum incredible gets around fam. He be- Every, he's 87 no. years and old. You know he what? gets around. He proves that he is one of the best promoters. I, I understand why he's one of the best promoters in the game. Podcasting is such a new platform. This is something that is still... We we think about it a lot. We do it. We listen to podcasts. Everybody thinks that there's so many podcasts. But at the end of the day, this is still at its infancy stage. He understands that, and he's already out there hustling, man. You gotta appreciate Bob Arum's grind. Bob Arum is out here recording podcasts. He probably still doesn't fully understand what a podcast is. He probably just shows up because he knows he's there for work. Exactly. His, his advisors told him to do some shit. He's here to do an interview. What the fuck is a podcast? He probably couldn't explain to you if he wanted to. He's fucking old. Dog, 87 it's... is old as fuck. Like that's dying of old age. Old, he is out here, Fair. and he's still hustling. Out here, out here hitting a J every couple of days, and he's spoken about it, bro, bro. It, it, it's it's incredible, man, what he does, man. But he he did say a couple interesting things, man. Um, a couple things. Obviously, Kome is the person that he says he wants Loma to fight next, right? That is who he wants. Loma's very, very clear about the fact that he wants all the belts. Like, that's what he's going after. This is literally only a stay active fight. 100%. 100%. And, and, um, and he's about it. But Bob Aaron was saying a couple of things that I found to be interesting, right? And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. First thing, obviously, he said, Comey, he wants to see Comey, you know, uh, next. Um, but ideally, if he can't get that, he would love to get Mikey Garcia. And he, he, he said this in the same breath, he went out there and said, even though Mikey Garcia's star has diminished because, which I thought was really interesting. He's like, yo, 
The reason his star diminished wasn't because he went up there and lost. He was like, it's because he went up there and didn't try to win. He said the moment Mikey Garcia realized that Errol Spence was better than him, he said he went into survival mode. And that's all he cared about. He just wanted to last 12, which is amazing because you and I said that. Everybody was talking about how incredible Mikey is and how tough he is. And you and I both were the ones that are sitting right here on our show talking about, yo, fam, dude is just trying to survive. He isn't even trying to actually do anything special. He was like, so everybody's like, oh, he's so tough. No, man, he was, he's a, a talented fighter doing enough not to get fucked up. So I think you and I are on the same page, but I thought it was really interesting he said that. The other thing that I thought was super interesting is that in terms of pound for pound, right, and all-time greats, we all know By Barum has beef with Floyd. We understand that. We do. But he said something that I really did think was interesting. He was like, look, Lomachenko is better than Floyd because he is better than him defensively. But not only is he or he's just as good as him defensively, he's a different type of defense. He's like, he's just as good. But the difference is Loma's out there trying to knock your face off. I felt as if we have not seen enough of Loma to make that case. But if you think about it, man, long term. Do you think he can surpass Floyd? Well, Lomachenko simply is not going to 147. No, not at all. So if we're talking about a prime 135 Floyd, then we're having a different conversation. It's so easy for Bob Arum to put that in people's heads because a lot of people are casual boxing fans and Mayweather fights became something of the culture. So a lot of people, when it got to that point, they're they're knowing Mayweather at 147. But at 135, Mayweather is a whole different story. He is a complete dog. A dog. And what Lomachenko is doing to people, Mayweather was doing the same thing, if not worse. And he's always been a monster defensively. At 135, we're at, adding an entire offensive arsenal that just isn't, that was not present or not, a, not as present at 147. Ask Lomachenko what he would do in a fight against Mayweather. He literally scratches his head. He looks so confused and he tells you that he needs time to think about it. Literally, I, I've seen that video of him, of uh, people asking him what he would do in a fight against Mayweather. So I, I understand where it comes from because what we've seen from Lomachenko truly is amazing. But you want to, Bob Arum is simply using Mayweather's name for clout. Because if he mentions Mayweather's name during that interview, you can easily post a clip with a nice headline. Your clip is now getting a bunch of views that it wasn't getting with simply Lomachenko alone. So, I think Bob Arum knows that, and he's literally just mentioning Mayweather's name for clout. I think it's a promotional tactic. Um, Man, Bob Arum, 90 years old, out here clout chasing for the promotion. Woo! Yeah. That boy is good. I and, and listen, speaking of Mikey Garcia, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, what the fuck? Did you see uh, what I sent you? No, which one? Did you did, on Instagram? Uh, this is this is legitimately happening. Hold up, I'm looking it up right now. Wait up! Oh, I saw this. What the fuck? What? An <laughs> exhibition? <laughs> okay, with hold, Eric on, from hold on, Morales. hold on. This. Okay, so 
Th- is this real? Bro, I'm on the and, Team Garcia Promotions website right, looking so, at it right now. So check it out. So for those of us listening, um, Mikey Garcia is about to have an exhibition bout with Eric Morales. Fam. I haven't seen Eric Morales compete since like 08. Like, how old is that dude? Yo, like, for real. Let me look this up. They just said, oh, we're going to we're going to take one of those barbershop debates and we're going to bring it to life. That's like literally saying, hey, we're going to match up Jordan with LeBron just to see what really happens. Fan. I, I mean, <laughs> yo, I was almost right. Yo, my man's hasn't fought since 2012. And that's a <laughs> dude. He's on a, his, his last two fights. He got he got KO'd by Danny Garcia. I mean, yeah. there's no shame in that. Let's be honest. But it was in 2012. I mean, this is an exhibition match. Who knows what that means? The last God. relevant exhibition match. No, fam. Outside Eric of Mayweather. Morales is his, his record. His last. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Dude, his last thirteen fights, his record was super saucy. Yeah, you had some Pacquiao's in there. You had an amazing Dog. fight with Marcos Maidana. Uh, you had Danny Garcia. So, I mean, he was out of his prime probably at that point, and you had some really good fighters presently that were taking advantage of that, and some ones that we don't know as Bro, well. But he, he was, was out of his three prime. And eight. His last, it's three and eight. I mean, he went forty-one and zero. He did, but then he then he got his ass whooped. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look that that, time, that, but that, that's that lends itself to our, our conversation it, a little bit later. It, but but here's the thing, and that's how I'm looking at this, and I'm like, I start, uh, I just don't understand it. Like it it, oh, it no, doesn't no. it doesn't make sense for Mikey Garcia. It doesn't make sense for Eric Morales. Even if it's an exhibition, are they selling tickets to this? Is this well, at the local YMCA? Like, what are they doing? It said some California fest. Let me see. Hold on. It said first annual California festival and professional boxing. I, I don't know what that is. Eric Morales, maybe he gets a small check. Mikey Garcia. I, I All don't. right, I'm just oh. going to chalk this up as fun. This has to be fun. This is just something cool. They they going to just sit out there. They're going to be just touching. I, 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 I guarantee he's not going to be really hitting Eric Morales in the face. It, it, it literally will probably be sparring at 60%. I, that's 100%. all that I can imagine. 100%. Um, I if mean, that's they, the case, I, I can rock with it, whatever. Nice. This is not something you want to get some money. In my opinion, this is not something you want to be associated with. We're not talking about rising or something of that sort. Like, this is different, and it, it doesn't taste right. Something does not feel right. No boxer in their prime is supposed to randomly take exhibition matchups with Eric Morales. That's, that's so random. I I thought, sorry, I mean, I, you looked at this just now. You thought it was a joke. I felt the same way. Like, I I, I, I don't get it. I'm confused. I'm someone's trolling me. Dog, that's this on. is this is nuts. I'm not I'm not happy about that. But look, <laughs> uh, Going back to this, what we were saying, um, 
in terms of you know uh loma and and mayweather i I had a conversation today man and this dude and that always trips me out even when i'm wearing my fight podcast you know uh uh, merch and everything and for again for those of us listening go on the website go ahead and grab that merch man we have hoodies we have t-shirts man go up there see what they look like um we even gonna start getting dad hats up there so uh check us out www.thefightpodcast.com um shameless plug how you like that uh, uh, it's your podcast like it kind of fits 100 <laughs> percent uh but um I, I was talking to this dude about this earlier and and buddy was trying to he was coming at my head huge may you know uh mayweather fan and i understand it but it always amazes me when people literally don't know anything like he was like he couldn't say anything be past De La Hoya. De La Hoya is the farthest back he knew. And that's what people don't realize. That's when the, the majority of people, I feel like, started watching Floyd Mayweather. They don't remember the Diego Corrales fight. Boy, they be loud as hell, too. Fam, they're the main ones talking. They don't remember Diego Corrales. They don't remember Jose Luis Castillo, both of them. You know what I mean? Like, those were fights. And like you said, I truly believe... They, they don't remember Emmanuel Augustus. Ooh. Mayweather's Ooh. most difficult fight ever. Yo, look. People don't realize that at 135 pounds, Mayweather was knocking people's faces off. And he was fighting two weight classes above his actual weight class and dominating and if you thought Mayweather was fast at 147, dude, please do me a favor. If you have not, if you, those listen, if you have not had an opportunity to watch some early Mayweather fights, treat yourself. Go to the crib. Go ahead. Get a bowl of popcorn and some tea or whatever the heck else you want to drink. Weed and wine, whatever you want. Do your thing. Treat yourself. Go watch some early Mayweather fights. My personal opinion, I, I talk about this fight all the time. I personally think the Diego Corrales fight was his greatest performance. It's one of my favorite fights of all time. Um, because of who Diego Corrales was when they were coming together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace to him. And also, we, we, I know we've talked about this before, but rest in peace, Nipsey. The funeral um, was today. The funeral was today. He was laid to rest uh, today. Yo, did you, they, did you get did you get to see any of that? Yes, I did. Unfortunately, and um, I'm saying unfortunately because I was crying like a baby, fam. Like I was sitting here watching that. Did you get a chance to check it out? Yeah. So uh, I had them. I uh, took over the game room at my job today and uh, turned on BT. So shout out. I I felt real empowered watching BT at my job. Title. Um, And the thing, one of the things that stuck with me was his mother. Oh my goodness. Um, She. And and I was speaking to a friend of mine about it today. Super Mother Earth type of woman. They mentioned that like you see someone's parents and you can really start to understand who they are and in this case who they were. And we know Nipsey. We don't know his mother. But in her speaking and how spiritual she was about everything and how calm and collected she was, literally just calm. She seems so at peace at, at a time where 
so many of us are so broken up about this. And we're talking, we're speaking about her son to, to even go to the point where she said she saw death coming to their family. That, I mean, her whole spiel, which was probably at least it was at least 30. No, it was like it, it was she was on there longer than anybody else. She she it, got to speaking. It was I, that was the part that stuck with me. Like, obviously, watching the kids, Lauren London, my favorite performance personally was Marsha Ambrosia. Yeah, was However, cool. that speech from his mother, that was next level. I, You know what got me was uh, watching his brother. Yeah, bro, bro, especially knowing that his brother was the first one on the scene and was like trying to give him CPR to like revive him, yeah. knowing that. So he and in knowing how like they literally like they were like best friends, they were like coming to like doing everything together. They, they damn near look like twins for, for real, for real. One had one got braids, one doesn't. You know what I'm saying? And um and one wears glasses. <laughs> but all in all, dude, Snoop Dogg. Snoop going up there was was phenomenal. Stevie Wonder, the letter from Barack Obama. And here's the thing. For those of us who do not know Nipsey, the fact that 44 goes out of his way to send a letter to be read during his funeral speaks volumes of the type of individual this man was. It's crazy. It also... (laughs) Barack Obama just never seems to miss a step. He always knows where his presence is needed because all in all, he's still our president and will be our president until the day that he dies. 100%. He said in his letter that he wasn't super familiar with Nipsey, but has learned so much. Yeah. And he's had, a hip hop head him. too. Yeah. And had no, but had known about him through his daughters and had learned so much more since his passing. And he knew that even though he wasn't the biggest Nipsey fan, even though he learned so much more about him after his passing, he just needed to be there. He yeah. needed to show his his presence. Yeah. And and for him and who he is as a man, that, that's something amazing to see. He just knew that he was needed there for the culture and was just there. I thought that was amazing. I have not always agreed with all of like he said, our president, you know, saying Barack's policy. Um, I view him as a, a little bit more of a centrist Democrat. But 100%, he never misses a step. He knows the importance of the culture and what is necessary and what is needed. So smooth and calculated, man. And um, listening to that, that letter man was was also an emotional part of it man um but all in all man i think it was seeing the staples center yo the lakers ain't pulled in that many fans this year yeah the staples center was packed the funeral procession was emotional and packed um let's just like like honestly man like nip says man the marathon continues man let's make sure we go out there and continue you know upholding that light up and um and really pushing forward and, and trying to grow um we are Martin. going to look at that dude like a legend 
You know, and I'm talking about even to the point because of what he did. And here's the difference, because I've been listening to these comparisons to like Pac, right? And I'm going to say this. Nip did what Pac talked about. And that's the biggest difference, in my opinion. Pac talked about it, but he wasn't old enough to get there. He's only 25. Those extra years that Nip was able to actually put in like that groundwork and actually work was phenomenal. And one of the biggest things, again, Nip's whole flow was, you know, peace and unity. That wasn't always Pac's message. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, no, for no, me, and I'm not, for, and I'm not for, trying for to shit on Pac at all. Like, as, don't get as it as twisted. A, as an East Coast nigga, like I cringe when yeah. I hear hit him up. Yeah, like it, it's literally cringe worthy. And Nipsey didn't have any hit him ups. No. So I think it allowed him to be a little bit more beloved than Pac yeah. simply yo, beca- because because that, that was what he stood for. Yeah, yo, I'm with you, man. I'm a I'm a East Coast hip hop dude. I'm I'm a big and big pun fan. That's what I yeah. grew up on. You know what I'm saying? Um I grew up on pun because he'll, yo, they'll never port- get the credit he deserves. Who pun? Yeah, Yo, not outside of that New York area, but fam, Pun was monstrous. He was a lyrically. Monster. Yo, lyrically, he's argu- top five, arguably top five. You cannot knock, dude. Lyrically, dude is a complete beast. Um, I, I mean, again, to, for me, him and Big are like right here to me. Like I love them dudes. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I really believe because of what he's done in the community, because of what he's doing, I really do believe that Nip is going to continue. Um, his legacy is going to be somewhere in between Pac. And I know it's going to sound bananas and like, like Dr. King, it's going to be in the middle of that somewhere. I mean, I don't think it sounds bananas because you can say he's, um, some type of combination of the two. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his, his legacy stand will stand for itself, and it will honestly continue to grow. Yeah. Um. Even after his death, it's honestly just a, a tragic story. But the marathon continues. One hundred percent, man. Well, long live you know King Nip, uh, neighborhood Nip. You know, um, it was a beautiful thing, man. But you know what, man? Speaking of legacies, this weekend we have an incredible fight for a legacy. Thank God we're not talking about Mikey Garcia anymore. Man, no kidding, man. Clarissa Shields, <laughs> the fight is finally here against Hammer. Um, this is a legacy fight. Yes, it's early in Clarissa Shields' career, but this can solidify her already in the conversation for a female boxing goat. After watching the last, you know, um, Showtime All Accesses, Seeing everything that's been going on, man, I find it to be so compelling. And it seems like I've heard fans and people kind of swaying. Has your mind changed at all? I've taken a a bit more of a look at um, Christina Hammer. I also love her like I have no emotion about this. This is just work. I think she's playing a good heel Russian. Um, I, I, I love that. What you said? No, she's doing great. No, I, I think both of these women are are um, are selling the fight. The fight promotion on both of their parts, yo. Um, looking at Clarissa Shields, she enjoys. I really do believe the role of the heel. You know what I'm saying? If we're gonna break it out to wrestling, 
Um, even though I'm not a WWE guy, <laughs> I, I mean, but the, the, uh, but big, she, the big fighters know what know what role they play, and, and they play it, it well. She understands. She's like, look, and like we talked about last time out, man. She's not the most intimidating, the, the most eloquent with her words to this point, but she, you can tell she's starting to get a hang of it. You know what I mean? And um, sometimes some of the things that she does in promotion is a little cringeworthy. I'm not gonna stunt. She gets out there, tries to do a little bit too much. But at the end of the day, I think what she's doing is awesome. She knows, like you said, she knows her role. She knows her place. She knows who she is. And um, and, I, and again, I think both of them are promoting the hell out of this fight. I think those all accesses were super entertaining. So it, it's I think it's going to be a good fight. But to answer like the question itself, man, hell no, my mind hasn't changed. I still think, even though I think Christina Hammer has an incredible, she does more than most, and I hate to sound like this, but more than most women that I've seen, because we don't have that many high-level female boxers, at least to this point in time, she does a phenomenal job of utilizing her height. She stays tall. She uses utilizes her jab. And she actually throws combinations. With all that being said, I still see... Um, Clarissa Shields knocking her out. No, I don't. I don't see a knockout. Uh, not at all. This will definitely be decision, and I, I would probably be willing to put money on that. I definitely think. I mean, women's boxing. You're speaking about now women who don't have the physicality of men with gloves on. Knockouts Bro. aren't as common, and neither of these women are really knockout fighters. We're not. We're not speaking about MMA. We're speaking about boxing. And Clarissa Shields, um, a, even as it stands, Clarissa Shields has let's see two knockouts, three knockouts, see, two knockouts in eight in eight fights against lesser competition than Hammer. And Hammer is someone who fights very defensively, moving away. I simply don't see a knockout coming. I do see Clarissa Shields winning. I see her athleticism simply being. Being too much for Hammer. Hammer, mm-hmm. when you see her fight, I mean, she does some good things, but the athleticism that Clarissa Shields brings, some of those raw, not necessarily intangibles, but the speed, the, the strength, I mean, that speed alone is going to win her the fight. And that's why and that's, I think Clarissa Shields is going to knock her out. I, I think she's going to end up knocking her out because, and again, for a couple reasons, man. And then that's the thing. I, th- I think the idea of a woman not having physicality and power is nonsense. Um, you're right. It's not MMA. But these girls still throw them things. And we have not. I mean, the only reason you're saying that is because you have not seen it to this point. This is a woman. These are women that are like 160 pounds. Yo, they can bang. They have power. They can throw. The difference is, again, she's young in her career, and people young in their career need to learn how to develop power. She is still still kind of figuring out how to become a pro boxer in comparison to the point-fighting style of um, like Olympic and amateur type of boxing. She is going to continue developing power. She is going to continue learning how to set individuals up. And I believe that with her speed, her athleticism, her timing, she is going to be able to honestly set Hammer up and set more women up in the in the future. She is going to have a nice, a nice KO ratio when it's all said and done. Uh, I disagree. I actually see Shields potentially getting hurt this fight, maybe even dropped. Uh, I don't see her losing, but I think I can easily see her getting hurt or dropped. Um, but overall, I 
I, I think it'll be a close-ish decision, but I can definitely see her winning by about two to three rounds uh, very clearly. That's just how I, I see the fight playing out. I don't have a problem with what you're saying, but I simply don't see it ending in knockout. Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. And again, I think we both agree that uh, that we, we, ha- we have... Um Clarissa winning, man. But yo, look, check it out. Yeah, with this, that this being isn't said, the podcast for the uh for the Shield Slander. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, look, check it out. With that being said, man, let's go ahead and pay some bills real quick and uh we'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. Uh taking a quick break, man. Remember. The Fight Podcast is brought to you each and every week by Sage Eats. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first three months. Remember, we also have merch. Support the show. Rock some of some really fire gear that we have, man. We have champion brand hoodies. We have champion brand tees. We're getting dad hats for you guys and so much more, man. So go on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Support the show, man. Check us out. Um, any questions, go ahead and you can leave comments there. You can DM me directly at Serge Vicente and so much more, man. So I hope you guys are enjoying the show. We're going to go ahead and jump right back into it with Brandon Camille. Yeah. Yeah. We're back. You know what I'm saying? I had to go ahead and use that young bathroom and re-up my young Vino. You know what I'm saying? Oh, me too. <laughs> Bro, me too. Man, I, 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 you know, I brought my red cup today. I'm screaming a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't even mad, bro. I got, I, I was sitting here. It's been a long day. I got the young cheers to you, my guy. You know, another, another, another week in the books, making it happen. Um, yes, sir. Um, I, I got a little liquor in me. I'm trying to hold back from yelling. I just feel like it's in my nature. <laughs> I just want to yell at the mic. <laughs> Yo, hey, don't get it twisted. I feel like we'll have plenty of time for that in a minute. Yeah. I can't even stunt. But check this out, man. As crazy as that said, honestly, man, the rest of the boxing news of the week is almost not even i mean i think we've really covered a lot of the boxing stuff but there is still so much going on and it's so so many big fights big news coming up this week man and i kind of want to go over some of this stuff with you man um i want to start off with this and this is going to be our transition to um and you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna say the transition to mma but this isn't mma this is it this is just this is something else bare knuckle fc is been making some noise. Um, one of Conor McGregor's teammates and 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 butt buddies, Artem Lobov. Well, hold on, before before we go there, before we transition, something to look out for this weekend. Fighting on the undercard of uh, Lomachenko is Gilberto Ramirez, amazing fighter at 168, still undefeated, more than likely looking to move up to 175, where he will be an immediate player in an already very talented division. So um, for the boxing fans out there, for the fight fans out there, look out for a someone who's an established star in the sport already. He will be fighting on the Lomachenko undercard. Definitely something you do not want to miss. Yeah, it should, it should be dope. 
Um, oh, real quick. Speaking of last thing I have to say about Mikey Garcia, um, what Bob Aaron was saying. Have, we have to do that again. Dude, but what Bob Aaron was saying about that too is that um he he's trying to get uh, uh Mikey to fight Teofimo. Yeah. Um Mikey won't that, take that fight. That fight makes sense uh, at one forty. Yeah. We know that CFMO wants to move up. And I Well, Bob Aram wants though that fight and the fight with Loma at thirty five. I think Bob Aram realizes that he lost that he could have potentially lost a star in Mike Garcia, at least for the short term. He had a terrible performance in the Errol Spence fight, and all we can say about him is heart 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 but being real like he got the shit beat out of him and it really wasn't even close from a skill perspective so maybe and he didn't even try to win yeah and so maybe Aram feels as though hey like Mikey Garcia I'm not sure what this is going well that's not that's not even his fighter so I mean Mikey Garcia those fights are just potentially easy to make for him because I think he's managed by himself so maybe he just figures hey like if Mikey Garcia is out here fighting exhibitions well let me make some stars off of him in the process absolutely absolutely man I, I found that to be interesting man but um but no you're right There's, there are some extra other good you know really really solid boxing matches this weekend um but uh so keep your eyes open all before the season premiere of game of thrones 100 <laughs> percent. oh man look we got fire cars on friday night fire cars on saturday night man but look last saturday we had um uh, what's it called bare knuckle fc you know they had the main event that was bananas um yo I have a, I have, I have a couple issues with it. I'm not going to lie to you. All right. I'm noticing people are starting to kind of take, take to it. They're starting to enjoy it and don't get it twisted. It is all action, but I got two big beefs, right? The first big beef is with their owner, the fight FC's, um, uh, owner and president, Yo, dude dresses like Neil Diamond or something, and he's out there thinking he's super cool. Dude's a cornball. He walks out there after a fight where a fighter, I'm not going to say performed. He didn't perform great. But again, he's a fighter. He took his butt out there, and he did what he could. Styles, matchups, different things make people not perform. It's not because people don't want to fight. He goes out there, goes on the mic, and says, Fight FC, we come here to fight. And because of that, I'm penalizing this dude like half his purse because he didn't go out there and scrap the way we want him to. We want like blood and guts and whatever. Yo, if anybody feels that way, you're a complete douchebag. 100% dude is a lame. And I hate that. And here's the thing. These guys aren't even getting paid that much, fam. Paula Malinaji, who just signed there, I don't see. I don't think any of these guys are getting paid over 50k. You cannot pay me to get into a cage for less than 50k, especially if you're at that level. So I don't believe they're paying their people enough, and I think that their owner is a complete and utter schmuck. Um, with that being said, look, I remember hearing Joe Rogan, for instance. He always used to talk about, oh, he believes that. You know, he's like, you know, he's like, why would we pad up our knuckles? We we don't pad up our shins. We don't pad up our elbows. Why do we pad up our knuckles? 
the reason why we don't we pad up our knuckles in mma and in boxing is purely because of the reason we saw this past weekend did you see those dudes yo they look like chucky dolls they look sliced up like chucky and the healing process on those boys is going to take forever um i i i love fights this is a bit much for me i'm gonna watch it i can't stunt i can't stunt. i'm gonna watch it but uh i'll definitely watch artem versus uh paulie malinaji just because of the beef and they've sold it they've done a phenomenal job of selling it but uh, a couple things first and foremost i'm not paying 29.99 for no get no damn fight fc that's the first and foremost i'm not paying for that shit so i'll see the highlights later would you pay for that no, I, I, I'm going the same direction as you. I, I I thought I'd be alone in this thought, but I love because I like watching. MMA. I'm a barbarian. I just know you're a little a little bit deeper into the MMA culture than I am, which is fine. Fan, that um, is not MMA culture. That is barbarian. I, I I and I love fighting. And you know, you ever speak to a woman about being a fight fan, and it's you know even some guys i speak to them and oh dude so barbaric how do you watch that and i was watching bare knuckle bare knuckle fc and i was like oh clutches pearls like fam i was like yo this is nuts this is is super barbaric it felt worse than watching a a street fight knockout on youtube like they could actually sling I was just like, yo, this is barbaric. This is wild. I, something didn't sit right with me. I was like, yo, this, we we just regressed about 200 Man, years. Easy. Like, I mean, this is, it's super barbaric. Like, I can see something like that going really, really far with this super, super go-hard niche fan base. But even to subject yourself to that 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 was wild Dude, it was, was so barbaric it was so hard to watch round one even before they had puffed their little faces up like i was like yo this something about this just isn't sitting right i maybe i thought it was the weed at the time but like, looking back the, nah nah, nah bro I, I, and i'm with you i'll watch it because there's something fucked up about me i really do like this i know so i know things, that we just have to see. Yo, how messed and, uh, up is that? We yeah. all, I, I'm talking all this shit, but at the same time, I'm like, damn. It's you know what it's like. It's like watching a car accident. You see it happen. You're like, oh, I don't, I, I don't want to watch. But I'm still gonna watch. It, if they can get names, then I have to watch because of where I. Because if, once you get to a certain point in fight culture, like it's just certain things that you have to see and certain fighters that you will more than likely follow forever. And Paulie Malinaji in the ring as a commentator he's someone we know very well former world champion i think two-time world champion and we're going we just have to watch it as barbaric as it may be but you know for anybody that's ever said that boxing or ufc is super barbaric don't even waste your time and watch bare enough bare knuckle fc because it's it's savage it is savage man look those dudes look like they got sliced and diced like it, it it i'm for real man it looked like a chucky doll it looked like some out of a movie both of these dudes are covered in blood they looked nuts and 
like you said, man, I like fights as much as the next guy. Let me rephrase that. I like fights more than the next guy. Dude, I was watching that like... It was you were cringy. 100%. It was nuts, man. So, look, um, what do you think the longevity of this is? Nah. That's my longevity. Do you you think, uh, like, how many more shows? Nah, I mean... Yeah, you know what? I don't think it's going to last more than the the barbaric aspect of it because they're charging people to do it. If this was on free TV, whatever, Paramount Network, Spike or something like that, I think that they can get people to watch. But the fact that they're sitting there charging 30 bucks for it, yo, fam, I am not paying $30 for this pish posh, you know... Uh, a promotion. I, I I just refuse to do it. I spend too much money on fights as it is, and this. Y- yo, I like. I'm with you, man. I feel like we took a step back with that. Yeah, isn't it crazy it, how in MMA, it, just because we have like these little gloves on, little I, four I, ounce gloves on, makes a huge difference. Ideally, like I well, you can also throw kicks and grapple in MMA. True, but you don't get ideally, pushed directly in the face each time. Ideally, bare knuckle FC see has not sounded like a terrible idea up to this point. I figured, hey, I'll watch it, get to know Artem Lobov a little bit, see what Paulie Malinandi is going to be up against. And I was watching, I was like, yo, this is wild, dog. Like, I'm not made for this shit. Fuck that. Fuck. I I, I will say this. I'm not even made for boxing. I'm not even made for MMA, (laughs) let let alone that. Man, I'll put it like that. I'm tell you this. I thoroughly believe that if Pauly, if and when Pauly fights, competes against Artem Lobov. Oh, he got to smoke, buddy. He he should 100% smoke him. Yeah. Like, I don't see it being competitive. I, I think he will go out there. Artem is tough. But at the same token, Artem is a 500 MMA fighter. 500. You got two in that chin up, B. Yo, he is going to drum, buddy. And if, if he has if he has that Conor McGregor motivation, yeah, he's he's smoking, buddy. Thirty he's seconds. Smoking. What dude? Smoke. In the first round, he gets torched. Like I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that, man. Yeah, like, so, this is kind of out, out of left field, but uh, do you know? Have you seen that uh, Asian guy? He's a lightweight. Like in in a way, he the same guy that the same last name that uh fought Jared. You remember the last guy that fought Jared Hurd? Yes. They have the same last name. Okay. But Ensign NUA? What? Ensign NUA? Uh, Old school used to fight in Pride? No, 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 no. What are you talking about? Uh, what sport? This is this is boxing. Um I feel like I'm I know sure. you yeah. I think it's yeah, I think it's Naya. Naya? N A O Y A. I believe that's him. Yeah. Have you seen him fight? Oh, yes, I have. Dude is nice. Have did you see I believe that was his last fight that was on Dude is really nice actually. Yeah. No, dude I mean people beast. no, he's he's a, he's a, um on most lists he's a top 10 pound for pound guy. You know, he's just light hasn't really seen that much yeah. TV time. Yeah, no, but, dude is nice. I watched I watched a fight of his today and he's with DeZone now. I'm not sure when this fight was. It look, looks like um the fight I watched was 
I'm not sure when that when that fight was, but it was April sixth. Nope, it was. I I just watched it today. I don't know if it's from April. No, it was. It was April sixth. The first round knockout. Yeah, that's what it said. We did it. Congratulations. The baton is well received. April sixth, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I mean he he hit Buddy in the forehead and stiffened him. No, yeah, no, dude, dude is nice, man. Dude, dude can get it cracking, man. He can crack too, especially for a little guy who can crack. That, that's, that's, you don't see that anytime. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, I, fam. Oh, ho, ho, ho. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, my goodness. He hit him in the forehead and, and it had him stiff Bro, like that. Oh, he hit this man directly in the forehead. Goodness gracious. Your, your forehead is hard as fuck that's not a common place to knock somebody cold like that bro two with that straight right hand goodness gracious yeah thump buddy god dog all right cool well dude is a beast man so um, he, you know he has he's, he's 17 and 0 17 knockouts yeah yeah that's a scary man even if he is tiny you know he he's small. I don't know where what weight class he's at. Yeah, super tiny. Bantam. Yeah, it looks like he has a he's a light flyweight maybe. Oh, dude, dude, like a hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean he he's light, but he Deontay Wilder down there. Man, nasty, straight up, man. Well, look. Um, were you where? Do you have anything else to say about uh bare knuckle? Nah. I, nah. Right, <laughs> Nothing well, else check to it say out. There. Moving right along, man. We got a ridiculous main and co-main event. Actually, a pretty solid card. Uh, but I want to talk about the main and co-main event. We have UFC. Um, it's going to be uh, the first pay-per-view on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it is going to be at in Atlanta, Georgia. It is going to be headlined by Max Holloway's moving up in weight and fighting Dustin Poirier for the interim 155-pound lightweight title. In the co-main event is also for an interim belt. Kelvin Gastelum, who was supposed to fight against Robert Whitaker, the 185-pound middleweight champion. Um, unfortunately, Robert Whitaker had to pull out of that fight because of um, uh, a hernia and some other like really messed up ab whatever stuff that he had. So he had to pull out the day of the fight. So Kelvin Gaston was supposed to fight him, and now he is going to fight Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, um, in that one. Look, two incredible matchups um, of fight fans' dream. We're going to continue right moving right along with these great matchups of the weekend. And uh, look, I'm going to start off with this uh, this main event. Um, and B, I-, I sent you a video a little earlier. And um, I wanted to bring this back to boxing a little bit. Um, Max Holloway versus Dustin Poirier is going to be a phenomenal fight, first and foremost. Dustin Poirier is an absolute dog. And one thing about him, since he has moved up to 155 pounds, he looks like a world beater. Unlike he's, he's only lost once since he's been at a buck 55. And he is knocking out some of the best in the game. Former t- champion Anthony Pettis. Um, he blitzed uh, Eddie Alvarez. Former, so he's beaten his last three wins have been against former champions. Dustin Poirier is an absolute killer, but he is fighting, in my humble opinion, the number. 
I, I, he's at two or three right now in MMA pound for pound, in my opinion. Um, I guess I have him at three. I got uh, ooh, three or four, actually. We got, in no particular order, you have to put John Jones. You put Demetrius Johnson. You put um, uh, Daniel Cormier. And then you have to put Max Holloway. Those are the top four best fighters currently in MMA. Um, his fights should be incredible. Like I said, going back to boxing, Max Holloway was compared to, of all people, marvelous Marvin Hagler. Did you see this, man? Yeah, I saw it. And what did you think um, about that, man? I found that to be so interesting, but it was incredible. The first of all, it was a phenomenal breakdown, but it was really incredible to see how um, those skills were implemented. Yeah, I mean, he had to reach for that. And I I don't think it was a bad reach. It was just, I, I was like, I don't even know what made him think of that. And, you know, going so not only across the two sports, but then to go so back in terms of Marvin Hagler. But it was a great breakdown. Very fun to watch. And I don't remember the gentleman's name. Serge, what's, what's his name? If you have it handy, yeah, but he does some really, really good MMA big breakdowns, especially for a novice like myself. Name. He's my guy. I love that dude. He, I, in my opinion, he is one of my Luke Thomas. Well, there it is. Luke okay. Thomas, um, in my opinion, is one of the best in the game um, in terms of MMA journalists. But I think he is the absolute best. Um, he and Dan Hardy, but when it in terms of um, fight breakdowns and really, and here's the thing, I I know I'm relatively good at fight breakdowns and breaking down positions and things. I could only dream, and I'm gonna continue working until I am better than Buddy. But Luke Thomas is phenomenal um, because it's a marathon, fam. One hundred percent. It continues, man. You know it. Uh, but dude is phenomenal. His his breakdowns are great. So if you don't get a chance to check him out, man, he's on uh, MMAfighting.com. Luke Thomas, uh, he's also on Sirius Satellite Radio. Um, dude is a beast. But his breakdown with Marvin Hagler, he was talking about how they're talking about how he and Marvin Hagler do an incredible job of actually switching stances. And in within combinations actually switching stances and showing how difficult that's actually is to defend against right um and it is and one thing that i think max holloway does great and honestly better than anybody i've seen is his volume his last fight he landed over a hundred strikes in the last round of the fight in the fourth round, when he finished his opponent, he landed over 100 strikes in that round. Most fighters don't land that many strikes in an entire fight. He landed that in a round. Dude has an incredible gas tank. He has incredible volume. And again, he's one of those guys that, like a Marvin Hagler, he has the skill set to outbox you or outstrike you, should I say. But this dude does not mind getting in there and tussling with you he's a dog he's a born fighter yo those hawaiians don't play um i i think this is gonna be a great fight man um 
I know, like I said, I'm gonna throw it to you, man, because I, I, like I said, I, I'm loving that you know you've been I have an opportunity watching a little bit more MMA, looking at a couple more dudes, man. Um, what, what do you think about this fight? Oh, I thought you were gonna ask me about the video, the fight. Oh, yeah, damn the video. Um, no, we talked the about fight. The, the, the video. The video is dope, and the biggest three points that they made were one, um, they have a similarity where they'll both uh, force you to go one direction, either left or right, and they'll be waiting there with a hook for you. Mm-hmm. So let's say they want to force you. They'll let's say you're Max Holloway. You'll push to your left in order to force that fighter to his left and as soon as as soon as you get them to commit to going left to stay out of your way you're going to throw a hook because it's going to meet them right at the point where they're going to be that's something they pointed out that i really liked the other piece was where they'll both almost overcommit to a punch to uh to reset their footwork and put them in a position to hit you with a power shot uh the last one was that when they're throwing punches and this is usually later in the fight um definitely something that you don't see often in boxing it almost looks sloppy but when you have an unorthodox technique um sometimes it can really throw a fighter off but essentially coming forward with punches when you're when you have somebody on the back foot and being able to switch from orthodox to southpaw almost um so flu- so fluid um and that's something that both Marvin Hagler and Max Holloway have in, col- uh, have in common so it was a really cool breakdown he bought some, bought some tape on it uh but for this fight this weekend i like max holloway dustin poirier has a win over him but max holloway that is, doesn't count I mean, look man, i mean I, I didn't see the fight you asked me what happened i don't fucking know oh so real but, quick here I'll, I'll let you know really really fast um the so max holloway lost to dustin poirier um it was max holloway's first fight in the ufc it was on less than a week's notice um, he was only 20 years old and he actually, he had to, I mean, the weight class is a, is a hundred and you know, I said 145 pounds. He came in light, man. He was, you know what I'm saying? He was a smaller guy. Um, and he was a little kid. You look at him now. It, it's, and not only is Max Holloway a different fighter, so is Dustin Poirier. Um, this was a long time ago, very early in both of these gentlemen's careers. Um, since that fight, um, Max Holloway has won a title and he's currently on a 14 fight win streak. Um, so go ahead and continue. That's the only reason I'll say like, so like, that's why people would be like, it, you can, it's like, I can, you can't even really consider this a rematch because it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, and Max Holloway has become Max Holloway in the meantime. He's done an amazing job continuing to improve himself, obviously dedicating himself to his craft. And I, though Dustin Poirier has done some great work, nothing against him. I just think Max Holloway is in a place right now where someone like Dustin Poirier shouldn't be beating him. And I do not think he will beat him this upcoming Saturday. Um, I think it will likely be by decision as opposed to a knockout. But I, I do see, um, uh, Max Holloway getting his hand raised at the end of the night. Max Holloway 100% finishes Dustin Poirier. It's not a, like 100%. We'll see. Be, and the reason I say that is because Dustin Poirier fights. The way Dustin Poirier fights is that he does not fight to get a decision. Dustin Poirier is the guy who fights and he goes out of the shield. Um, he he gets knocked out, or he gets he not he take he gets taken out, or he takes you out. That's how his career is gone, because he's willing to take risks. He's willing to take chances. Um, I also believe that 
Max Holloway, the simple fact that Max Holloway averages seven strikes per minute landed. He throws more. He doesn't slow down. Um, and if you've looked at Max Holloway's last, he's Max Holloway's finished his last, let me think, six opponents. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm not talking about like these are, but I'm talking about all of these guys have been former champions or champions. He goes out there and destroys people. And now you're telling me that he's going to go out here and fight somebody where he doesn't have to struggle to make weight. He's going to be comfortable. He goes out here. Um, it's going to be a competitive fight. It's going to be fun to watch Justin Poirier's game. Is anybody? He's a dog. He gets knocked out. Yeah, I'm going to switch here. I'm going. I'm, I'm looking at some stats. I'm going to go uh, KO on this one. Yep. Originally, I said decision. I'm going to switch back over. Um, I'm going to say he gets KO'd here. Late stoppage, three or four. Yeah, yeah, me too. That that's where I'm going. I mean, it's it's like I said. Yeah, three three or four is a, and and honestly, Max usually knocks. If you look at his career, he usually gets you in the third round. That's where Max ends up uh, picking up the pace. He ends up. He has such a high volume and the thing about it is that he picks up his volume as the round goes on as the fight goes on and it's crazy because if you looked at it literally his last fight first round he landed 30 strikes second round he landed 60 third round he landed 90 fourth round he landed over 120 strikes he literally doubled up his volume each round not many people can take that type of that, that that type of pop. And again, now you have him where he's not dehydrated. He's at his optimal weight class. Good luck. Um am I a little biased on this fight, man? Yeah, a little bit. Um but at the same token, if you look at the stats, you look at the numbers again. I I'm the biggest Max Holloway fan, but here's the thing. They pulled the UFC fight the UFC's champions. Max Holloway is the champion's favorite champion. He's the fighter's favorite fighter. That's the type of dude Max Holloway is. He's a dog. He's technical. He's skillful. But he'll get you. So I think it's going to be a great fight, man. So, um, But also, man, this Coleman event is ridiculous. Um, I'm really happy to see it. Yo, we got Israel, the last stop under Adesanya um, against uh, Kelvin Gastelum. And... This is going to be a good one, man. So check this out. I am going to, because again, I know you, you're a Stylebender fan. I'm going to let you go ahead and, and, and talk about this one first. Well, I mean, I'm a Stylebender fan, so I'm going to go with Stylebender here. Um, I don't see it being a KO. I see it being a decision. I think uh, Kevin Gashlam is a little bit more respons- responsible for, than that, and he's a pretty decent striker. So you're, you just all- not about, you're just not about no knockouts this weekend. Hey, you said nobody gets finished. Every fight we've talked about, anybody getting finished, you think all decisions. You're like boring fights all weekend, decisions. Well, I, I'm just calling it like I see it. I switched on the last one. I don't. I'm. I'm not switching on this one. I think Kevin Kelvin Gashlam loses a decision to the last style bender Israel Adesanya, and it's as simple as that. Um, Adesanya is going to keep his distance. He's going to outstrike him. He's going to do well with his takedown defense. I mean, it, it, and I don't think it'll come to that with Kevin Gashlam. He's not as much of a, a grappler. He's more of a striker. If I'm correct, correct. Um, am I correct? He's more of a grappler. 
Kelvin Gastelum is a uh, is a phenomenal wrestler. Um, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. No, but no, no. He is an all American wrestler. But is his when he fights, he's he's more of a striker, correct? No, not saying he no, can't. He, he's somebody who mixes it up extremely well. Okay. He he, I, he he is one of those guys that is tough, and he is always he has over. We've seen knockouts, so that's a lot of times what we think. But Kelvin Gastelum wins the majority of his fights because of his pressure, um, because of his wrestling, because of the threat of the takedown. Um, he he he's phenomenal. He he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, he's somebody that's always overlooked. He was the last person uh, picked on his season of the Ultimate Fighter. He ended up winning that season. He is. Um, he trains at, at a King's MMA down there in Huntington Beach, uh, uh, California. Super beast. P- big power in both hands. Great wrestling. Um, he also gets knocked out this weekend. And the reason he gets knocked out, we look at Stylebender's fights. And the only people would think about the last, his last time out, which was against Anderson Silva. Well, he didn't finish Anderson, so he's not going to be able to finish Kelvin. That doesn't make sense. Two different styles. Again, what were you about to say? No, I mean, styles makes fights. Styles make fights. I mean, that's boxing, MMA. I mean, that's pretty universal. So, I mean, is, is that what people are saying? That's terrible. That's stupid. Like, and they're two drastically different styles at that. No, 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 I'm just saying it's like if you but if you're watching it and I and I look at again the style itself, Kelvin is willing to take chances. Kelvin is going to put his nose in your chest. He's gonna throw punches. Kelvin also again surprisingly has good defense. He surprisingly has good defense because the way he's built, he keeps his hands very high. He doesn't take a lot of headshots. But one thing he does is that he allows you to actually kick him in the legs. If you go out there to play a kicking game with Stylebender, who is a phenomenal kicker, especially when it comes to leg kicks. And extremely long. Extremely long. Here's the height difference in this fight. Kelvin Gaslam is 5'9". Israel Adesanya is 6'4 it's an incredible size difference, height difference, not size, because Kelvin is that size. I think he's going to be able to keep him off with his jab. I think he's going to land huge leg kicks. Then his arms are going to start falling down. Kelvin in that t- time is going to eventually rush Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya will, with his incredible countering, will end up either catching him coming in with a big knee, walking him down to the cage, and then he's going to end up, because with all the leg kicks and the body punches, your hands end up dropping. Hands are going to drop. Chin's going to show. He's going to end up finishing them. Um, I'm going with a third round K- TKO by Stylebender. Yeah, I'm staying decision here. Um, I mean, look, it's a, a, Kelvin's tough as shit. So, yeah. I mean, I, it, I put it like this. It wouldn't surprise me. If he did make it all the way because he's that tough. But I also believe that the only reason I'm going with a knockout is that Kelvin is willing to take chances. 
And he also has that, just like boxing Mexican style, they go for broke. Not Mikey Garcia, but the rest of them do. They go for broke. The shade parade. Fam. Hey, he did. He, he deserves it. He, he deserves, deserves it. it. He definitely he deserves it. Earned it. Yeah, 100%. Damn it, he's fighting Eric Morales. 100%. What are we talking about? Fam. A month ago, we were we were just having such a different conversation, and now he's fighting Eric Morales. Man, like, I, I got no love for that. 100%. I have no love for that. And we can get that another day. But Kelvin Gaslam has that Mexican heart. He has that Mexican side. He's going to come to fight. Um, now, never been knocked out. With that being said, I still believe, to again, everybody gets touched in this sport. And um, I think this is truly going to be Style Bender's coming out party. Um, and I think that with him knowing the magnitude of this event and what it means I think Style Bender is going to be on a different level yeah uh, I agree I'm a Style Bender fan um, he's going to win I say by decision you say by TKL whatever for me as a casual fan he still gets the job done Oh, he will. I'm he will. He will. I mean look we're, we're, it's apples and oranges man it's the same shit I mean we both believe he's going to take that W man but um all in all, great fight weekend, man. But look, B, we got beef, man. Well, we got beef on. We got beef, bro. All right, we got beef. So, so for those of us, man, you know, <clears throat> me, me and B Cam, because they're fucking trash. Me and B Cam each week, we, you know, we're saying we, 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 you know, we're we're meme buddies. We show shoot each other news and memes, and you know, we on the group text and everything. But this dude, who else in this group? Shit, nigga, me and you. That's why we get a group text. We got a, a a text thread, a text thread, or whatever. Um, this this brother sends me an image of one of our favorite up and coming prospects, Devin Haney. Can, can we agree on that? Absolutely, one of our favorite by far. He's an incredible talent. I, I really believe he's going to be a superstar in the near future. But he's in a room with some in other individuals that he's been working with. Amir Khan, Dominic Brazil, B Camp's favorite all time fighter, Chris Eubank Jr., and J Rock. And I'm not talking about J Rock from TDE. B, please tell the people what you said. Get my young boy out this environment with all these losers. And I should have said all these fucking losers, just to put a little a, a little emphasis that with the exception of Chris Eubanks, all these fighters are going to lose in the next month. Um, they're not necessarily known as winners. And, you know, I just don't want um, my highly touted prospect to be contaminated with this losing mindset of these how can you say that these guys who have all been champions have a losing Dominic Brazil has been a champion I believe so for a Chris, second he had like some like not like not like a major title but he's had some like, was Chris Eubanks a champion yeah okay um Khan J-Rock yeah. was he a champion J-Rock's just been a, a solid prospect 
Okay. All right. Um, so it's again. So that's what I'm saying. Like, how can we say guys who have competed at the top level, Dominic Brazil? I'm not going to ever say he's top three, but he's definitely top ten heavyweight. You have Amir Khan, who's a gold medalist, the first gold medalist that Britain had in forever in boxing. Um, yes, he's later in his career. Yes, he's been touched, but he gets touched because he actually fights people that a lot of times are. Have, are bigger than him and he's he's fighting out of his weight class and he's done, done a whole bunch of different things but at the same token he's had some amazing wins um j-rock somebody who has been on a tear i don't believe he's gonna win his next fight but he's still he's been on a tear he's a solid solid fighter and then again chris eubank you just hate on the man i have no idea why but you just don't like dude so the fact that we like i hate the fact People going to see here, you're calling these dudes losers, and they're not losers. Nothing about these dudes are losers. Um, have they lost before? Yes, but it's combat sports. Everybody thinks of it like combat sports, like we're supposed to be out there with Mayweather. No. Amir Khan gets beat because Amir Khan actually fights people. And that's what happens when you fight the best that are available to you. And that's okay. Dominic Brazil is fighting some 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 of the best fighters in the world. He's going to take some L's. That's okay. That's not a losing mindset. That just means you got beat by some people that are better than you. J-Rock got beat by Jamal Charlo. There's no shame in that. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean they're 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 bad fighters or they're whatever. None of these dudes are bad fighters. All these men are elite fighters. Uh, they're at the top level of the sport. I wouldn't say they're elite. Um, Dominic what Brazil. What do, do, Dominic Brazil. Uh, You're contradicting yourself. I think you could be at the top of this sport by and being... And not be oh, elite? No, I, yeah, I, I think being at the top level of the sport means that we know you and we can speak about you, but that does not mean that you're an elite boxer. Where I, I don't see Absolutely. Dominic Brazil as an elite boxer. However, I see um, Dillian White as an elite boxer. They're both boxing so, but, at the top level, but I think that there's a difference between boxing at the top level and being elite. So you're saying this, but no, my issue isn't what you call them elite. Is You're calling these dudes like they're bums. I, so I would say Amir Khan is an elite level boxer. One hundred percent. I'm fine with that, but that's the only elite level no, no, boxer. No, no, no. You no, that no, no that's not. Let's not backpedal. You went ahead. You were not, calling not, all these dudes bums. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm not backpedaling. You backpedaling. I'm, I'm, I'm still. Yeah, I'm watching see, I'm, you I'm move. I am still saying, get my young boy. And I am used to seeing Devin Haney with Mayweather. So I mean, it, that's not necessarily a reach there. But here's I'm the used thing: to him with Mayweather, I'm used to seeing him around winners, and he's around losers. I just don't that's, want him. They're not losers. How dare you call these dudes? Who again? Some of them have held belts. They've they've won gold medals. They're out there. How dare you call these dudes losers? But, but do we but not lose? If we're not looking at these guys and all these guys have over a 90 percent win percentage how is it possible that they're losers do we not expect devin haney's star to shine way brighter than all of the people in this picture my qu- uh, wh- i'm not saying it's not but that's not no, being no, no. around losers how about this how about instead of looking at that look at him he's around veterans who are actually who can give him solid advice <laughs> he can get good work with these individuals What's wrong with getting work? What's wrong with traveling around the world and getting work with different people? There's Sir, nothing he, wrong Sir, with that. He's in flip-flops. He's what? not getting work. He's in flip-flops. He's not getting work. D- nigga, were you at the uh, were you at the, the training session? Did you see it? 
I'm just saying, everybody else looked like they're getting work. He in flip flops. He looked like he came by to say hello. I'm with Snack. Regardless, take some pictures again for Snack, and that's that's going to be that. Issue? What's the issue with it though? Because I, I like I like I what's said, what's the issue? I, because I, I, he I, went out there, and again, boxing is a community. It is a fraternity. Yeah. All these gentlemen have respect and love for one another because they've actually been in there they know what it's like and these are guys who are all at the top of their divisions even still yeah even still they're out uh, there competing so to sit there and and call these guys who are bums and whatever that's it's 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 it's, honestly at the end of the day man that's the type of stuff that's that casual fan cheeto finger keyboard warrior bullshit it is it is it's soft okay well look at this me me saying something negative about these fighters because for the large part they're fucking trash they're going to lose their all of them bullshit how you gonna say these dudes are are going to lose their next fight it doesn't matter that does not mean they're trash julian williams probably gets knocked knocked out by jared hurd dominic brazil probably gets knocked out by deontay wilder glashin probably gets knocked out by by terrence crawford and chris eubank he's probably not going to take an elite level fight next because he's fucking trash and he's going to get beat by anybody see here's the thing that division you're such a fanboy you're sitting here not looking at these fights objectively how are you going to sit there and call it all these dudes chris eubank how did we not believe his last fight was against we all so we both sat there and said that his last opponent was actually top he he can be an elite level fighter this elite guy you said he should get beat you're like he should get beat but here's the thing you hate on dude because i cannot stand him you just (laughs) hate on dude speak about him objectively you're probably right there no i know i'm right i'm not gonna say i hate on him he brings the hate upon himself because he's completely delusional as a boxer. No, no, no. Look at the skill set in the kit. Did he win his last match against an extremely tough opponent? I wouldn't say that was an extremely tough lapo- opponent. You're a hater. I would say that was a you're a hater. Dance. All you're doing is hating right I'm not now. A hate. You got to look at the hater. fight objectively. I'm calling, it, I'm calling it like it is. Because you've been there, you like have a is. different respect call for these me, guys. Go ahead. Me, I'm a premier keyboard keyboard warrior. That's not me something to be proud about, of. Me speaking about these guys at all. Yes, I, I can. I, That's I am not something to be proud of. To sit there and not look at them. I'm not, I'm not going to hide it. Me speaking about these guys at all is is great for them. Me speaking about them negative negatively That's is hate. probably better for them. Because if I trash. speak about them positively, then you know maybe that maybe people remember you, it. But I can sit there. Are, you can people, sit there negative, and be negative critical are, without are calling dudes bums. People, they're more impactful on. You We're giving them airtime that they're not that they're not getting elsewhere. You so can, I can have an opinion, and if, and to me, it's not personal. If I saw these guys, I, I it would be dope as fuck to meet them. It'd be dope as hell to have a com- have a conversation with them. This is not this is not personal. This is not personal. I just think as a box as a boxer, they're gonna get smoked by the top of their division. I'm not saying they're the worst people in the world. That's and what yes, I'm saying. I, I, I agree that they are top level boxers. All right, but there's only and one that's elite level boxer in the picture, and that's Amir Khan. I will give you that. That's all that I'm giving you because the rest of them, though they're top-level boxers, they're not that amazing. They're just not. They're not going to be super superstars. Maybe they win a belt at some point in their in their careers, but I mean, come on now. No. My issue was, see, that what you just said right there was by far the most objective thing, and that was the only thing that you've actually said correct. You sat there, you took your fan hat off, and you went out there and actually put your analyst hat on. 
And I appreciated that because that you sitting there saying, look, I don't believe that these guys and actually breaking it down, but sitting there just calling them bums. These dudes suck and shit like that, bro. That's so disrespectful to these dudes because they're actually getting in there and doing it. I can sit there and be critical. I'm critical as fuck of Conor McGregor. Do, but I don't shit on him in the cage because at the end of the day, I understand his greatness and what he can do. Do I think he beats the top guys in his division now? No, I think he is scuffed. But I'm not taking that away from how great he is as a fighter. I won't do that because I understand what it takes to be in there and do that shit. To sit there and just dismiss them. Oh, these dudes are bums. And look, don't get it twisted. It's a fun topic. We're kind of, we're like bullshitting around when we're talking about it. But at the end of the day, when people sit back and call dudes, guys who have been in there, guys who are fighting at the top level. Look, man, there's only a handful of people that can be superstars. Handful. To be honest, you kind of lost me with the Conor McGregor comparison because who does Conor McGregor compare to in this picture? Conor McGregor was way better than even Amir Khan ever. That means Khan you weren't ever, listening. Ever, even Amir Khan ever was. That so means I just, you weren't I just think it was a bad comparison to start. That means you weren't listening. I, I, be, I was, be, be, no, I was it, listening. No, that means you weren't listening because what, I said... What, what I miss? Because I said I can be critical of a fighter without... Like Conor uh, McGregor. So I can, like I said, without... Did, like I can, did, What was that? Like Conor McGregor, did you not use him as a comparison? Yes, but that's what I'm saying. I can be critical that, of him. Do you want me to bring somebody on their level that I can be critical of? Also, I can list twenty. And and, and I'll, I'll I'll say I can say Kelvin Gastelum is on one of these dudes' you're, levels. You're yes, you're a lot less critical of of MMA fighters. And MMA is a different sport where certain fighters can take these type of losses and come back, still perform, and still be good. And Boxing can, isn't necessarily measured on the same playing field, and so we I'm don't see at, any of these. We don't we don't see any of these guys really the, ever getting to the elite level. Amir Khan, maybe he can put on a decent about, performance. What's elite? There. What's elite? Having sponsorships, having commercials. Having pop culture acclaim, is that what you believe is elite? No. What is it then? I see elite as being able to compete with the top of your division. And they can compete with the top of their... No, they they cannot. So, okay, so you're you're tripping. You're absolutely tripping. Can they compete with the top? Who are all these guys fighting? Who are they fighting? Let me me change that. Who are they fighting? They can compete with the elite of the division. Answer my question. Who are they fighting? The elite of the division. The elite, not the top. The elite of the division. Okay, I'm going to ask you again. You say they cannot compete with the elite in the division. Who are all these guys fighting next? They're fighting the elite in their division, but I don't see it being so competitive. So how, how, how are they I not competing against them? I don't see it being competitive. Them? I don't see it being competitive. I'm it, talking it doesn't about matter. You say they cannot compete with the best in the division. They're they're in there. They're, they're competing not competing. with them. They're getting an ass whooping. That's what, that's what I, that is. I don't know that's that. That's an ass whooping. That's not a competition. We, we don't that's a little know bit that. different. We don't, because I'll be honest with you. J-Rock versus Jared Hurd, interesting fight. That's going to be a good fight because we both know Jared Hurd can get touched. Yes, he keeps coming forward, but with somebody like J-Rock, that could be an interesting fight. I'm not just throwing J-Rock out the way on that one. It can be a very good fight, but because when he was coming up at the same time as Hurd and Charlo, he was right in that mix. People believed he was right there. So he still has the ability to possibly compete with them. Amir Khan, look, he's on the possibly, back end. I you, get you it. Give him a chance to beat Jared Hurd? Like, no. I give, him, I give him a chance, yes. Well, what's that am, chance? Am 10, pick 15%? 10 to 15%? Because you can't know. have that I, I, conversation. I'm with you. You. I, gotta, I, gotta, I, gotta, I haven't broken down the fight yet. I haven't okay. really looked All at right. it. 
All right. So I can't do it. Now, Amir Khan, Amir Khan's on the back end of his career. But I, I but said Amir, Amir Khan's uh, prime. Amir Khan has been an elite level boxer. We can agree there. So we can move on from him. Yes. Dominic Brazil, look, I'm, uh, yeah, okay. Dominic Brazil, he's a uh, top 10 uh, heavyweight. But at the end of the day, is he going to sit there and knock out uh, Deontay Wilder? I don't believe so, but can he make the fight interesting? He legitimately has a skill set that can make it a little bit com- competitive. Do I still expect him to get knocked out? Yes. I expect Anthony Joshua to get knocked out against Deontay Wilder. So that doesn't say anything to me. But I don't expect Dominic Brazil to beat anybody in the top five. <sighs> I'd have to think about it. I'd really have to think about it. I'd have to think about it, but again, the fact that he's a top ten heavyweight. Uh, I mean, you, would you do you really have to think about? You talk about Deontay Wilder. You talk about Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. Um, you talk about Usyk. Um, then you got Luis Ortiz. You got Dillian White. All of those guys that you could argue for that fifth fifth spot. Who who hey. who is Dominic Brazil beating? I, look, it's a fight. Heavyweights and he's Dominic a Brazil around not making top and 10. Somebody sitting there being a being a top ten heavyweight in this day he and age. Fuck around, not make the top ten. Being a top ten heavyweight, look, man. At the end of the day, I gotta show you some love and respect. You know what I'm Boo. saying? He, he's going and to get that. And Chris Eubank, fam, you're just a hater. I can't stand him. Yeah, I can't. There, I'm not a, honestly. In this call, moment, call me a hater. I can't. I cannot stand that motherfucker. You know what, man? Like I said, I went back. I've watched a couple of his fights and. I'm not mad at dude. Like I said, I look at Chris. He's not my favorite fighter in the world. But at the end of the day, again, he's not. He's by no stretch of the imagination a bum. By no stretch is he a bum. And honestly, he might, with his new trainer, end up might end up being better than we've ever seen. And we don't know that. So I would again, love- my my thing is this more than anything else is that how can we sit here? And shit on fighter and getting just just especially just dismiss them as bums. And saying, like I said, we can sit there, if you can sit there and objectively and look at it and be like, all right, look, I think all these dudes, you know, like, yeah, I was joking about them being bums, but at the end of the day, look, I just don't see them fighting because of X, Y, and Z. All right, cool. I can rock with that. But to sit there and say that they suck and they're trash and they're this and they're that. That's unacceptable because that's not the case. These dudes are some of the best boxers in the world. The best boxers that we're only talking about because of their opponents. If we're not, if they're not fighting who they're fighting, then we're not talking about them. So you mean because you, you, you didn't talk? We didn't talk about Chris Eubank because of yeah, he was. We, he was we, in, he we was wouldn't. In, he was like I said, Chris so, Eubank. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The rest of the the rest of these guys were literally not talking about. So unless I, realistically, the only two you're not talking about is J Rock and Dominic Brazil. All right, I can I can, t- I, can I can picture. I can take out Brazil, but J Rock again. J Rock was in that conversation, and he is still floating in that conversation. He's one win away. He's one win away, and if he beats um, Hurd, which again he has a possibility to do so because he's that tough. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but he's that tough, and he has a stylistic matchup that could be trouble for Jared Hurd. Let's say he beats Hurd. What Tony then? Harrison beat, Char- beat Charlo. I mean, let's say he beats Hurd. It is possible. Nothing's impossible in boxing. He can beat Hurd, but he, I just don't see it happening. It, it, but again, we, you, we're we sitting there. He is somebody who is one win away from actually being in that conversation. So we have somebody. He is a solid. Again, he is a upper echelon fighter. 
has he broken into the uh, the the stratosphere we can say no i'm not gonna say that not yet but can he 100 he can so again you look at it you gotta actually look at it and break it down objectively and say all right look when i'm looking at i'm looking at the numbers looking at how they have come up who they have competed against and how good they've looked at them in the past i can't the only person i can really knock on this in here and I can't even knock him as Amir Khan because I'm just like, yo, fam, you're kind of old. You're just getting on the back end. And I just I think this matchup for you is a bad matchup. But at the same token, I give him mad respect in the cojones that he has because Amir Khan fights anybody and everybody. So I got to give I him agree. love. I agree. I agree. I'll take that. That, that. That's that's the truth about Amir Khan. He's fought a lot of top competition. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the thing for me, fam. Like I uh, yeah, no worries. Like I said, so that's the only thing I I look at it and it it really has, man. You have so many fighters in the game who are amazing. They're they're skilled. And the thing about fighting in general is that so many of these people on here we just haven't seen. We haven't seen, we, they haven't been able to. And I mean, dude, think about how many boxers there are in the world. There's thousands of them. Thousands of them, thousands of boxers. There are thousands of, of fighters in the world. There's so many. The fact that we even know these guys' names out of all the thousands of fighters that are competing professionally today says that they're on that level. Now, if we just bullshitting around, we, yeah, we could talk trash and say, yeah, they're whatever. But if you actually look at it objectively, yo, these guys are upper echelon. Think about it. Tens of thousands of professional fighters in the game. We know their names. We know their faces. That says a lot. So I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I just I hate hearing people it, it, shit it goes, on boxers. It, 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 it goes to my it goes to my point that they're at the top level, but they're not elite. So, so if so we're if again, we're having a bums? conversation about top level box, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no. Are, are, are they bums? No. They've man, made it to the top level. We can't made dismiss it to, them like to that. The, to the top level, but yeah, I'm a keyboard warrior. I can dismiss them because they're not elite level boxers. And so they don't belong in some of these matchups. And and, and that's the thing, man. And again, what do you mean they don't belong when J-Rock, and, and uh, again, J-Rock earned his spot as to fight against the champion. He made himself the number one contender, and that's why he got that fight. They didn't just gift him that fight. You know what I'm saying? Um, same thing with Brazil. He's the number Brazil one contender. Brazil was the number one contender, but he ain't go through nobody. He's the number one contender. He, he had to fight Chris Eubank. Again, somebody, again, who is up there and he is going to fight top-level competition. We'll be able to kind of judge him in the near future. And again, Amir Khan, I can't say nothing bad about him at all. Amir Khan is the only elite-level boxer in that picture. They're all trash. Get away from my young boy, Devin Haney. He has a bright future, and I don't want your losing ways contaminating him. That's so whack, fam. You're whack as shit for that, man. That's some. It's and again, I've been trying not to say this shit, but that shit blows my mind. Coming from somebody who's never been punched in the face in their life, my god, like, dude, that that's so that's weak as hell, man. Like, come like, and again, to sit there and say that, and then they just dismiss that shit at the end and call these dudes trash after we didn't talk about this shit for the last half hour, fam. That shit's weak. They're top level boxers. I'll give them that. But I mean that's that's all that I'm giving them. 
Like, I mean, uh, what do you, what do you want me to do? Sit I, but, here and so you're and saying praise, they're losers? I, their demons aren't losers. Praise them for being me- mediocre. They're no, not they're mediocre. not. They're not. They're not losers in the grand scheme of things. They have decent records. And like looking back on them and looking at their records compared to other boxers, like they're not terrible. They're not journeymen by any extent of the ima- imagination. Like they're good, pro- probably pretty solid boxers right, in the grand I in the grand scheme case. of things. But when we're speaking about no. top level boxers and we're speaking about the likes of, you know, Terrence Crawford's, Bro, Jared Hurts. That's not, you know, but again, how stupid is that argument? That's a dumbass argument. Because again, that's the thing. How many fighters are there ever? Again, I'm not talking about, yes, there's like five guys that can be all time greats. They're Hall of Famers for a reason. But if I'm talking about solid, top-level individuals, yo, you got to give these dudes love. We can't sit here and just sit there like, yes, there's a handful of guys who can be all-time greats. That's it. But there's so many. And and here's the thing. And that's the issue with boxing and boxing fans over MMA. Because they sit there and they'll, like, because we we want this, this zero. No, man, these dudes all go out there and scrap. I respect that. And I respect how hard they fight. I've never seen any of these guys just give up in a fight like Mikey Garcia. They're they're welcome to change my opinion. Uh, J Rock can change my opinion. Eubank is it'd be a little bit harder for him, but he can change my opinion. Dominic Brazil, I mean, yeah, he'd have to knock out Wilder, but I mean, he can change my my opinion too. Um, like I said, I'm a pr- prisoner of the moment right now. They they're just not at the at the top of my list. Yeah, we recognize them. Yeah, we speak about them. They are top level boxers. However, I don't see them beating the elite at their in their weight class at this at this moment. But you know, someone like J J Rock is one fight away. Someone like Amir Khan is you know essentially one punch right. away from All being right. we'll back check, where he once was. We'll check it out. But we I got mean, we got we got less than a minute left. Damn. Um, yeah, I know. We got less than a minute left, man. Yo, closing out, man. What you got, man? Nah, nothing at all, man. Appreciate being here again this week. Like I said before, marathon continues, bro. You know it, man. That was a fun one, man. And look, and I, like I said, I, 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 if I'm gonna argue with anybody, man, I'm, I'm glad it's you. Same here, bro. Happy <laughs> to do it every week. Yes, sir. Well, all right, brother. We'll touch base this weekend, man. And uh, yo, I'll see you next time, man. I appreciate you. All right. All right. Yes, sir. This is the fight podcast this is episode 102 i'm your host serge vicente and i hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and this convo that i've had with my boy brandon camille man i swear yo it's like it seems like brandon is uh is becoming one of my uh my, my staples on the show man he feels like the uh, he he's my brendan Shaw to uh to my joe rogan not saying i'm joe rogan right now but yo i can dream i could aspire you know what I'm saying? So, uh, no, nah, this is a lot of fun. Always enjoy we enjoy our time. Um, can't stunt, man. Buddy pissed me off at the end there, man. <laughs> oh, man, but it's good. And here's the thing, man. That's one of the biggest reasons that I want to end up having people like him on the show. Um, he's on here, man, to push the narrative. He's on there to make you think. He's on there to make me think and uh, and keep me on my toes, man. So always appreciate Brandon's time um, and everything, man. So again, like we talked about, man, big fight weekend. Uh, I will be back soon uh, and I'll be breaking down all the MMA action for you. I will also be bringing up, uh, I'll be talking a lot, a lot of fight news. We've had so much fight news this week. TJ Dillashaw, um, former Bantamweight uh, world champion in the UFC, in my opinion, at one point, 
time. He was one of the top five pound for pound MMA fighters in the world, regardless of of, um, of organization. And Buddy just took a two year suspension um, off of um, taking and getting caught taking EPO. So I'll be breaking that down and all the rest of the fight news of the week, along with all of the um, the on uh, my fight picks for this weekend. So um hope you guys have enjoyed the show i appreciate you all joining me once again here on the fight podcast remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage eats sage eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 percent off your first three months uh follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast follow you boy follow me at serge vicente do not forget to cop merch at www.thefightpodcast.com if you guys want to see anything else you guys want to talk to anybody let me know we'll do everything we can to get them on here man with that being said much love and i'll see you guys next time right here on the fight podcast peace out